This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. I'm in New York now. So now I get for the East Coasters. Now I get, now we know what it's like to have a show at noon. For me, it's usually at, at 9 o'clock a.m. Here it is noon. And I'm in New York. I've uh, been here for the weekend. I have a, a wedding to go to this afternoon, a cousin of mine. So I'm here and just uh, enjoying New York. We had a great day yesterday in Central Park, chilling. And now uh, here on the island at a cousin's house. So this is not the same background as you normally see my insane studio at home and um but i'm here they have two labradors it's really cute and yesterday at the park uh walking through central park uh, we met a couple with a magnificent black lab it was great his name was bruno and uh it was fun you know speaking of magnificent dogs first of all any questions you know the drill you need to get a hold of me easy 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 uh join us here live either on instagram or pet life radio click on shows you can also reach me at 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. That is the direct line. And we can hear you live here on the show. But better yet, come on and join us live here on Pet Life Radio. Click on the link on Pet Life Radio. It'll take you straight here to our show. Here on Instagram, I'm waving to a lot of people. Hi, hi, hi. But also, you know how to get a hold of me. Just ask away. And um, I'm hoping I didn't miss anybody. And I'm looking for uh, any questions that may have come through and um, none yet. So I want some questions. But meanwhile, while you're getting the guts to ask me some questions live, I have to tell you something. So one of my um, friends is Lisa Stanley, who is one of the DJs on, on K-Earth 101. So this past week was National Take Your Dog to Work Day. And they asked Gary Bryant, the anchor, asked a lot of questions about, tell us about your pets and who here doesn't like pets, who are loves pets, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I was amazed at the majority of people that were calling in saying they dislike dogs. They don't like, and I'm thinking, I listen to this and I'm going, are you crazy? How do you not like dogs? I was shocked. So I called in and I said, um, hi, it's Jeff. I'm a vet, a friend of Lisa Stanley's and I'm, I'm sitting here shocked. So he and I talked for several minutes. Now they pre-tape all these. So then they, they replace. I don't know how it was cut. I didn't stay on the radio to find out or hear. But anyway, I was amazed. So I hope that would amaze you as well, that the vast majority of people that were calling in, at least, I don't think, look, 70% of U.S. households own pets. So obviously, the majority feel like they like dogs. But I thought it was so weird that those calling in didn't like dogs. I, I said I was flabbergasted. Anyway, any tips for kennel cough for a three-month-old puppy? He's coughing up white spit. Of course, I have tips. First of all, you want to have the dog checked. Most likely, it's kennel cough. I mean, you know, you, we always talk about the horse versus the zebra. And for this month old, you know, three month old young dog, certainly the horse is the kennel cough. A zebra could be something much more serious. So, see your veterinarian. You know, if it's if it sounds like a hacky, dry cough, like like almost like you're trying to spit up a bone, and then some light phlegm might spit up, it's most likely kennel cough until proven otherwise. See your vet. I have them prescribe some medication, an antibiotic. I like doxycycline. I like clavamox. Doxy is cheaper and it's very effective. And then a cough suppressant. You can go, you know, either a really prescription cough suppressant called Hycodan, which is hydrocodone. Now, understand that if the cough is productive, you're actually coughing stuff up, then you don't necessarily want to have them on a cough suppressant completely. So then 
I recommend something like, oh, like a, a Robitussin or a cough syrup, DM. The most important thing is the DM, all right? Because the other one, the CF cold formula, has phenylephrine. We don't want to use phenylephrine in dogs. So the DM, dextromethorphan, is a sort of a synthetic cough suppressant. It also has gyphenesin or gyphenesin, however you want to pronounce it. And that is for, that's an expectorant. So when you have a productive cough, you want them to cough up that stuff. You want them to get rid of it. Um, you can also, when it's a productive cough, I have people do coupage, which is where they go into, they take the dog into a bathroom, or if you have a humidifier vaporizer, that's great, and run the hot water really hot. So the whole bathroom steams up, close the windows, close the door, it almost becomes like a mini steam room, and let the dog breathe in that moist air, and then kind of tap him on his chest, his right side and left side. I usually go 10, 10, 10, 10. So 10 times left, 10 times right, 10 times left, 10 times right. And that'll hopefully stimulate a cough to loosen up some of that phlegm so they cough it up. Now, you know, if there's something worse or the dog is sick and not eating or has a thick nasal discharge, 100%, that could be something other like a pneumonia. You need to, of course, see your veterinarian. So either way, start with the visit from your vet. Let him, her, let me, you know, him or her listen to the dog, maybe take an x-ray. I usually don't need an x-ray because I can usually make the diagnosis by listening to the cough, stimulating the, the, the cough itself by tickling the trachea, giving a little, you know, a little uh, squeeze on the trachea. I can listen to the cough. Dog is healthy, happy, running around. Everything else is normal. Can't start. It's not anything bad. All right. So let me, there was a question that came in. All right. Unspayed seven-year-old poodle who had her last cycle three months ago, has been acting strange, passed through a fake pregnancy, brought her to the vet several times. They did blood, etc. Now, ultrasound, the hormonal, not sure what to do next. Well, seven years of age. I, I would have spayed this dog a long time ago. Even if she was a breeding dog, I would have spayed her as soon as her breeding life was done. It's usually around seven because false pregnancies are something we can deal with. Iometra, which is the next disaster, that is a major one, very serious. If not taken care of right away, it cause overwhelming infection. So again, when it comes to things like that, the best preventive measure is to get her spayed eliminate the possibility of getting the false pregnancies. And the false pregnancies, look, it really messes up their hormones. So why go through that? Then they get milk and then they, they get the mastitis and it's one disaster after another. My recommendation is as soon as you know, even if you have a breeding dog that you're no longer going to breed, or if you have a dog that you are not planning on breeding, because there are so many unwanted puppies, dog kittens out there already, then um, let them have one heat and then get them fixed. One heat and then get them fixed. My recommendation. Keep the questions coming. Ooh, 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 there's more. So also what I wanted to do, let me go through some things that we, um, I think we talked about the cannabis. Okay, so interesting. More and more facilities. We I think we talked about this. And veterinarians are now recommending or requiring the new canine influenza. First of all, it's not so new anymore. It was new years ago with the H3N8. Now we have H3N2, H3N8. And we're seeing a lot more of them. And what I'm noticing that people are coming in for the shot why? Not because they're even, not because of like daycare, but boarding facilities now are requiring it. And a lot of the old daycare facilities that were not requiring it have changed their tune and now are requiring it. And the reason is simple. Anywhere where you're going to house a lot of dogs, think of kids during kindergarten. One kid gets that cold that before you know it, they're all sniffling. It's just going to you know, go through the whole class. The thing is that to be careful about is that these facilities can't afford to have to close down for two weeks while they clean up and get rid of the virus, the bug. So they're requiring it. So if for me, it was never really one of the core vaccines, but I'm now because so many more veterinarians are requiring it, recommending it, so many more facilities, 
daycare, boarding, agility, all those things. Dog parks have signs up now that they want all the dogs to have the influenza vaccine. So I think it's something that you want to talk to your veterinarian about, but it might be something we may need to uh, to change our tune a little bit and start recommending it. Pet scams. Uh, we talked about this when it comes to buying a pet. You really want to check your sources. If it's an online breeder, right? They're usually not. They're just online, like they're representatives representing breeders or they're the middleman. So what they do is they will make deals with the different breeders once they hear from you. But there are many of them out there that aren't legit. So if it's a breeder, they claim to be a breeder, you always want to ask to talk to the veterinarian because if they hem and haw or they start giving you a little BS that they don't have one or they can't, the wrong breeder. Any good legitimate breeder will be only too happy to recommend to you their veterinarian. But anyway, so here's another scam. People go through the lost pet ads, right? Even online in the local neighborhood, uh, whatever. So what they're doing is they are calling you saying, we found your dog, but we're in so-and-so. They'll pick a place far away and you need to, uh, so we can ship it back to you or drive it back, whatever we need some money for the gas or for the bus or whatever it is. And um, don't, don't, you, you, unless you can go on video and see the dog and see who they are, where they are, get the location and you go to them then uh, again, I wouldn't trust them. It's a, it's a big scam and they're taking your money. Oh, what they also say is part of the BS is that they need money because the dog was injured and they need to take him to the vet for immediate care. So again, they they got your heartstrings going there. They are working on you being, oh my God, we got to go. No, 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 no. If you want to see the pet and just know, you should go into it knowing that most of these are scams. And uh, if proven wrong, They'll let them show your pet, let them see where, they, where are they. I mean, they can't be too far away, right? Because unless your pet you know, bought a plane ticket or a bus or a train ticket and drove, you know, disappeared for several hundred miles, they're going to be in an area where you could probably drive to. So keep that in mind. Now, this is a study that really, of course, hit me well, because it's talking about pet companionship. And we all know, yes, I first of all, my life with corgis, 100%. Uh, we always talk about that. That shot, you know, adopt, don't shop for sure, for sure. I got a beautiful purebred, even though we love mixed breeds from an animal shelter. And that is true. This dog I saw yesterday at the park, well, he looked purebred. They say he maybe had some Rottweiler in it, but he was adopted from a shelter and he was magnificent. So, yes, we do, we do see that. So, yes, there are a lot of um, uh, full breed dogs out there. And there are also some rescues that specialize in certain breeds. You have you know, you can get a Labrador rescue. Now you can have French Bulldog rescues. You can spend five to ten thousand dollars on a Frenchie, or adopt one from one of these agencies that specializes in Frenchies. There are, you know, as a dog gets more and more popular, especially a dog like a Frenchie, that you know, there's no such thing as a perfect dog. Well, if there was an imperfect dog, French Bulldogs are getting close, and uh, because there's always something when it comes to Frenchies. Trust me, I know, I own, and I take care of hundreds of them. So uh, yes. So if you're going to have a dog that you're going to have to spend some money on anyway, why not get it for like free or, or a couple of hundred bucks and not a couple of thousand bucks? They're out there. Trust me. They're really, really great dogs out there. But anyway, this, uh, this study came out. Which I like it. it's, it's talk about companionships, right? Having a strong influence on dog health. So dogs with strong connections and companions, both human and canine, tend to be healthier than those that were more isolated. And they said financial and household adversity were associated with poor health and lower physical mobility, but the uh, effect of social support 
right, on dogs was five times as strong. So what we're learning is that there are more and more benefits for both pet parent and pet for having a pet. And uh, so when you're, if you're thinking about sharing your home out there and you want to adopt or you don't buy, but if you want to get a dog, there are many great out there and it's healthier for you as well as healthier for them and for them to have companions also maybe get two. So and here's someone who's got five and five cats. I may not be the right person to ask, but uh, I will tell you that I think it does uh, increase sanity. Anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back after these short messages here on Pet Life Radio. I will hang with you guys here on Instagram. So I'll be back after these short words. See you in a minute. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back live. Got the thumbs up from Mark. Okay, so what I wanted to do is talk about 4th of July. Because as we know, there are a lot of dogs that really, really have some issues. And you know, the best way to treat it is something we'll talk about in a minute. But unfortunately, it's too late to do it now. But usually you want to start wowing anywhere from four to six months before July 4th. Because it's a whole way of desensitizing pets through the fireworks, and actually starting to counter-condition them to actually like them. So it's something to think about. Anyway, for now, you want to keep them safe, maybe put them in a, in a room. For, first of all, if they respond to some of the meds you may have had before, if your dog is a, a, you know, a returnee when it comes to fireworks, right? a seasoned firework fearful fanatic, then uh, you might know uh, acepromazine, trazodone, Xanax, you know, any of those, gabapentin, these all could sort of help calm them down. I like Benadryl, give them 25 milligrams for 25 pound, a milligram per pound. That seems to help as well. CBD can help as well. There's a product out there called Cilio, available from your veterinarian. It's the dextomethanidine. Uh, it is something that we often use in much larger quantities for heavy sedation, but this also takes the edge off. It's great for you know these, what we call it, noise or sound phobias. So that works well. But other things, you know, keep them, safe in a safe room, maybe put some music on. Dogs seem to get calmed by classical music, believe it or not. So maybe give them some classical music to listen to or put on a TV show, something that you know often when they see or hear, it kind of keeps them calm and occupies their brain. Those are things that you could try also. You want to keep them safe because a lot of times with the noise, they might try to bolt. So that safe room is a good idea. If you're going to keep them in a yard, I don't know if I would do that because the sound are, are even more amplified outside. So keep them in the house. But if they have to be outside, make sure you have no way of getting out because they may try to bolt thinking that the sound is here. If only I can escape and get away from the sound, 
then maybe I'll be in better shape. They don't realize that it's everywhere. So again, you need to keep them in a safe room, keep them safe. Of course, make sure they have their ID on. Now, one thing we'll talk about briefly is that the long-term solution, which is really the better way to go, it just takes time. Because anytime we do behavior modification, it's not easy. And dogs kind of pick it up at at, uh, different paces. So some dogs pick it up right away, others never. So, but anyway, the goal here is by desensitizing, you start getting, downloading a a sound effects tape for fireworks. It could be also thunder lightning. You can do for loud truck noises, whatever. And what you do is you play it very low. It should be almost inaudible to you. All right. Trust me, they hear it. Their hearing is, is so much more acute. And then what you do is you call them over to you, have them sit and give them a treat. And every time that you play it, you call them over. Pretty soon you won't have to call them over. You just play it and they're going to come to you for a treat. And every training session, maybe every two or three, bump up the volume a little. All right. But now whether you're trying to train them that when you hear the noise, they come to you for pets and a treat, not a fear behavior, but a positive behavior. Anytime you do anything positive where the dog runs to you for affection and a treat, that's a good thing. So you can basically desensitize them and actually counter condition. You get to the point where you can turn that thing as loud as you want, and they're coming to you. Now they know that they've been slowly desensitized to the sound, to the increased volume. So when you hit that high volume, after a while, it could take a few months, but then they're coming to you for the, for the treat. Good boy, good boy. And then you get to the point where you don't even have to always, it now becomes operant conditioning. You no longer have to give the treat every time. In fact, it's better not to give a treat every time. You start by giving every time, and then you skip one or two times. But you got good boy, good boy, or good girl, good girl. Then the next time, the third time, you give them a treat. Then you skip another three or four. And then the fifth time, you give them a treat. And then the next time, you give a treat. And the next one, and then you go five without it. You, know, you just keep them guessing. And they'll never know when they're getting the treat or not. But they will respond and, and feel that just a good boy, good boy. And that's how you do this. And then... uh Make sure, as Vicky adds for this training, that you want to um, have a, a really high drive treat, not just you know a little you know wrist cracker, something that they really like, like a piece of chicken, a piece of turkey, cut up 100% beef hot dogs, something like that, and um, and that will slowly get them excited. And then what happens is when they start hearing these sounds, they're going to run to you. They can't wait. They can't wait because now the association is a good association, not a fear. It's going to be a positive association because they're going to equate those sounds to getting good boy, good boy, coming to you, getting the trainer, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of a a win-win, but it's so much better for them because they won't be so miserably afraid of those fireworks. Now, interestingly, I have five dogs. I don't know. Again, obviously, I never did a study like this. Maybe someone should, but all of our five are fine. And maybe because at any given moment when we would introduce one, two, or actually three fairly new dogs, they were with dogs that had zero reaction. So they didn't know or get, they didn't react. And one of the things that we often do to make a mistake in the other direction is that when our dogs start exhibiting that fearful behavior and they want to hide or they want to run or they whatever, or their tails bend the legs or whatever, what do we do? We feel sorry for them. So what's our natural response to knowing that they are feeling afraid? Call them over to you. And you say they do the same thing. Oh, you poor boy, you poor boy, come to daddy, come to mommy. Yeah, it's a good. Well, there you reinforce the bad behavior instead of you let it go bad 
And then they're going to continue to react that way because they're going to get rewarded for fearful behavior. So the key is ignore the fearful behavior, do what you can, but maybe starting in about six months, start this training and uh, it could make a huge, huge difference for you. All right. I think I'm hitting everybody. It is past our show. Yes, I'm going to send love to all the cousins tonight. I want to make sure I have no questions unanswered before I let you go. Have a wonderful fourth. Oh, by the way, another thing we do on 4th of July, you know, the same thing as Labor Day, Memorial Day, we barbecue, right? Be careful with the dogs. Same old stuff. Corn cobs, potentially deadly. No corn cobs. If you throw them away, you got to throw them in a lot tight place. Nowhere the dog could, could possibly get a hold of it eaten corn cob. Because that cob, man, that is the perfect size to get stuck. And um, it's very dangerous. Unlike the tennis ball that I pulled out of a dog this past week. Uh, it was a great surgery, by the way. And uh, unlike that one, where the dog did it great, that tennis ball would never have passed. But it's very important to uh, make sure you stay away from fatty foods. Don't let them gobble things up. So be really, really careful. No corn cobs, no fatty foods. Watch out for the alcohol. They like that too. And uh, have a very safe fourth for you. And we will see you here next week. Please, during the week, if you need to ask me anything, you know how to reach me on Instagram. You know how to reach me on Pet Life Radio. Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Instagram, Warps underscore DBM. You're here. I know you know how to get a hold of me. Please send me questions. And uh, have a very safe fourth and a great week. And see you next week. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.